Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. Armani, how was your uh, weekend, my friend? I think we have to start with what I thought was the story of the weekend, at least for us here in the South Bay, El Segundo. Not only what an impressive group, but not only did they win the world championship to lose your first game. And then I I can't even fathom being 12 years old and to have the composure and the poise to, you know, if you lose again, you're out and to go on that streak to win the world championship. Actually, really quick, funny story. I was actually watching it on my phone at the beach yesterday. And when the walk-off home run happens, my phone was a little bit behind. And about 20 feet away from me, I just hear somebody say, yes, (laughs) like as loud as possible. And I was like, is he thinking the same thing I'm thinking? And then he was telling the people around him like, hey, El Segundo just won the Little League World Series. It was so cool to see them captivate the town, the South Bay. Congratulations to them. And Brandon, yeah, what, a, I, what a dramatic fashion to do it. I mean, it's one thing when your community, and again, where, where we do the show is right next to El Segundo. We have offices in Manhattan Beach in El Segundo. Uh, to do it in walk-off fashion, incredible. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, that was the team. Uh, you could see the first five hitters were really tough to get out, very talented. Um, and it's just great to see a team from the South Bay, basically the South Bay. I know it's the edge of the South Bay, El Segundo, before you go into, obviously, Santa Monica and West L.A. and all that stuff. But it was still amazing because usually we see in pa- past years, California has been like, you know, the the little leagues closer to San Diego and stuff a lot of the time. Um, you know, we're not California at all. Last year we saw Hawaii. So to see a team from El Segundo win it all, I mean... That's great for the future of uh, the immediate future of high school baseball for the South Bay. Now, I don't know where these guys are going to go, but I mean, they just raised their chances of getting a college scholarship dramatically. Yeah, and by the way, I, I just love the the, the World Series uh, when, when you see these kids do what they're uh, doing. And again, the community of El Segundo, and just to give you guys some um some backstory again. I mean, the show's obviously on the air all over Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii. I mean, El Segundo is a, a, a pretty small town in the South Bay, but it has become over the past few years the home, at least the training center for the Lakers 
the Kings, the Chargers are going to move here next year. So, I mean, it's kind of become like this little sports hub. So it's really cool to see. Um, before we get into some football, and again, because we had the first week of the college football season, week zero going into week one, uh, kind of our daily or routine update on Team USA. I mean, I'm sure you guys are looking at the Lakers are obviously the most, one of the most, if not the most popular basketball team in the world. So when they go to Manila, the way that Dawson Reeves is viewed, um, you see signs basically saying he's the GOAT, he's him. Uh, they're going back to the hotel and they have, uh, you know, kids and adults really, you know, chanting, Dawson Reeves, you're him. Um, and obviously his teammates love that because he's such a team player. They really embrace that. Darmani Buckets, I'll start with you. I mean, we, we continue to talk about his development, but now, the, I mean, I never thought I'd say this a year ago. I mean, the worldwide brand that is Austin Reeves right now. He actually might be the GOAT. I, I don't know what to think <laughs> at this point because it seems like every time he gets on the basketball floor, he gets a little bit better. It's, it's weird because every single time, it's like he does something new. Today they played Greece, they won. Every single time some a bigger opponent tries to post him up, he gets a steal or he gets a stop. It really does feel like that. And now you can just see it with the way that he's playing. He's trying out new ball handling techniques. He's hitting his open shots. He, he Every time he comes in the game, it seems like Team USA goes on a run. And now, you know, last game they played uh, New Zealand. They fell behind 14-4. to Today they had another slow start against Greece. At a certain point, if you're Coach Kerr, do you think about maybe changing things up to avoid those slow starts? And if you do change things up, I would assume it would be Austin Reeves placed into the starting lineup. Let's not forget that a month and a half ago, people were saying that this man doesn't belong on Team USA. Not everybody, but there was a good contingent of people saying that he doesn't even belong on the team. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the starting lineup. If you're Steve Kerr and it's a close game, he would definitely be in the closing lineup. I can almost assure you of that at this rate. Um, what the, the ceiling on Reeves... It wouldn't shock me if he's an all-star this upcoming season. It really, really? And to say that at the beginning of last season would have sounded like I belonged in an institution. <laughs> but now if you say that, it I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch, but man, he he keeps getting better. Yeah, Austin Reeves has been a revelation. Everyone's like, oh, you know, he's it's just because he's a Laker that he got that, you know, whole standing ovation and the crowd going nuts. I mean, that's part of it, but it's also that he's really good at basketball. And I think it's becoming like, I was texting my, my, my friends in my group chat that we talk about basketball. And I was saying, I don't even think it's a, it's a argument, Tyler hero versus Austin Reeves. Who would you rather have on your team? If you want to win a championship? I mean, it's Austin Reeves, right? I mean, Tyler hero is obviously the better scorer. That's really the only thing he can do better than Austin Reeves. Uh, you know, and that, I know Hero was instrumental in that title run a few years ago, but it's getting to the point where Austin Reeves is on this the star trajectory, and he might be an all-star this year, Armand. Again, it's going to be tough because you still have LeBron, Davis, Rui. I mean, they have so many guys on their team that can score. I don't know if him averaging over 15 points per game is is you know going to happen, but I do know he's going to be play, playing winning basketball, and he showed that, and he's becoming... I mean, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top 15 in jersey sales by, this, by the end of next season. It's incredible just, because because he is, and to your point, and Dharma, I'd love to get your your your, your view on this. 
the reason is, is, is because he's not the superstar. I mean, there's the, in this culture that we're in, and people go on Twitter and they look at stat lines. His stat lines are good, but he's such a great team guy. He He's so, I mean, and you can't really like overstate that enough when you go into a locker room and a guy just gels and a guy fits and his teammates want him to do well. Um, it, it, and again, obviously there's the whole, you know, the great white hope kind of thing, but he's more than that. And, and, um, I mean, if he's like an all-star, so he's not, so listen, at the beginning and, you know, when he first came in, it was like, oh, he's the next Caruso, right? Because everyone, you know, Caruso was a fan favorite and like Foster Reeves comes in. But like if Foster Reeves really is him, quote unquote, and we're joking again, he, he had that moment where he screamed that during the Grizzly series. But if he's really d- developing in one of the best, like into one of the best players in the league, makes it into the um, all-star game. I mean, this is incredible. It really is. And what I was going to say, I know this was about Team USA, but when we think about the Lakers and we've talked so much about their development, can you imagine what you know the regular season is going to look like when Rui Hachimura, who was starting to find his groove at the end of last season and into the playoffs, he's now had a whole offseason where we haven't seen how much better he's yeah. gotten yet. Jared Vanderbilt, Max Christie. I feel like Reeves is just the tip of the iceberg with what the Lakers, the young, the young guys can actually become. And I think going into next season, it's a lot less for me about LeBron and AD other than obviously staying healthy. But these guys, like, I'm really curious, especially with Hachimura, because that Grizzlies game that you mentioned, the I'm him moment, Arash, that was a Reeves-Hachimura masterclass. So, yes. yeah, we see what Reeves is becoming, but just watch out because there's there's some more there for the Lakers to to uncover. Like when you looked at what um, Hachimura did off the bench, and this is really saying something when you've looked at the championship teams this team has had. I mean, Hachimura had the most points off the bench since the Showtime Lakers when they had M- Michael Thompson, Clay's father, uh, come off the bench. And again, people forget. I mean, M- Michael Thompson was like a first uh, pick in the uh, draft. So, I mean, he was a very good player. Uh, I mean, when, when you have guys putting up those kind of numbers, it's really incredible. And the other thing about it is prior to the run that they had to the Western Conference Finals when they lost to the best team in the world and the best player in the world, and I said there's no shame in that. Like Again, like all those games were close at the end of the day if you're a championship team you do have to close out but you know when when people look at the fact that they got swept i'm like yes but they also had the lead in three of those four four games in the fourth quarter um the one thing that i told you guys was regardless of how that season came to a close you know when they when they got into the play-in tournament and they won the play-in game and i said listen guys like even if they lose to memphis which they didn't of course but like i said no matter how this season comes to a close we live in a very knee-jerk world where, okay, if they don't win a championship, you have to break up the team. You know, And I go back to that Sun series where they lose in round one, and I talked to multiple doctors who said no team that was in the bubble for as long as the conference finals. So this doctor said if you played in the conference finals in the bubble, so you were the, obviously, you know, the, the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, Denver Nuggets, you're not making it out of the first round. Or if you do, you're getting swept. And he was 100% right. It was the most incredible thing I'd see where the Lakers lose in round one, the Heat lose in round one, the Celtics lose in round one. I think the Denver Nuggets were the one team that advanced, but then they got swept. I mean, the guy was a genius. And he said, 
the physical toll that A, that takes on you, and B, the quick turnaround to the following season, which had never happened in professional sports history. You had never had a turnaround that short. Physically, the human body cannot do that. These are not robots, so they can't do that. And the mistake that the Lakers made was when they lost to the Suns, which is expected. They, they were not going to repeat that year. They broke up that team. Instead of saying, we, we, we've been handed a gift here. We've been given this like extra time off. So for the first time in forever, LeBron and AD and, and, and Kuzma and KCP, like they have... Uh, you know, May, June, July off. They have this whole off season. Maybe you make some tweaks, but bring that group back. But they didn't. Of course, they took a sledgehammer to that team. They traded for Russell Westbrook. They got rid of uh, Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, Howard. You go down the list. Um, so what I said with this team, which is why regardless of the improvements that these guys make, just them having been together, just having the, the like off season and training camp and preseason and the first half of the season, the fact that that team came together post trade deadline when they were below 500 and not even in the play in tournament is incredible. Brandon, I mean, beyond like Austin Reeves, as we're touching on, like Rui Hachimura and some of the other uh, players that they brought in, again, they are not the championship favorites according to Circus Sports, but they certainly could be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the depth they have now and with the Nuggets losing Bruce Brown, there's, I think, a, a less of a gap for the Lakers to beat the Nuggets and beat every other team in the Western Conference. And I think at this point, they're kind of getting disrespected, not being brought up like the Suns are being brought up more in title conversations. And we know the Suns, yes, they got better depth this offseason. They don't have enough of a defense to be even with Frank Vogel. I don't know what he's going to do given what he's given to provide a top 15 defense. I don't see it as possible. So, I mean, I think this is a team that should get back to the Western Conference Finals at the very least. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a six, seven game series against Denver this next year with that. Because experience matters, Arash. We know this. Denver had tons of experience. They've been to the Western Conference Finals. They've been to, you know, first, second round a lot of the time. And then they took that next step. And I know LeBron and Davis were realistically the only people on this team that have been to the finals, right? So, like, for them to take Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, all these young guys, D'Angelo Russell, uh, who hadn't been past the first round to the Western Conference Finals. I think there's some definitely to build off of. And Gabe Vincent, who's who was just in the finals, another excellent addition. Yeah. The one the one thing I don't understand, at, at, you mentioned the odds, Arash, going into next season. In the Western Conference right now, the way that it's listed, Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, wow. Lakers. I don't understand. Okay, the first two, <laughs> yeah. if you want to say the first two, and you guys know me, last season I picked the Warriors to beat the Lakers. I was so optimistic about Golden State throughout the season. The Lakers made them tap out in game six. Yeah. The whole series was about the Lakers' strength and size, and now for some reason it seems like Vegas loves Golden State more than they like the Lakers. I That's the one that kind of grinds my gears. I don't yeah, get it. That one doesn't make sense to me because I think the Chris Paul trade will be more of a subtraction than an addition. And here's the thing. Yes, Jordan Poole didn't play well last season. That being said, he was a big reason that they won the uh, championship. He's a very young player. Chris Paul... I, when I look at this, doesn't fit into this team. He doesn't fit in like as a player, like as a point guard. I mean, how is Steve, uh, um, Steph Curry and him going to work? 
Also, his personality for his entire career, his entire career, he's been the guy. And to be honest, he rubs guys sometimes by the end of his tenure there the wrong way because he's in their face, even sometimes pointing in their face. Blake hated it. DeAndre hated it. Um, I, I don't know how it closed out in Phoenix, but I think at the end of the day, the feeling is, bro, you've never won a championship. In fact, the only time that you've ever, uh, you know, won a, sorry, you know, won a conference finals was with the Suns, and then you lose to Milwaukee. So it's like, what are you telling me that like you haven't done? So you know, you haven't won a championship. So him now walking into a locker room. Where he's really the, like the fourth guy in terms of like he's not going to tell Steph what to do, he's not going to tell Clay what to do, he's not going to tell Draymond what to do. And Draymond has already publicly said, and you know, they're, they're, we, 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 we've seen it play out. Draymond and uh, and Chris Paul have a history. There's no love lost there. Of course, like everything will be fine at the beginning of the season. But I'm telling you, we've seen we've seen Draymond who recruited KD. Draymond recruited KD to the Warriors, and they went at it, and that beef was a big reason KD wanted to leave. I'm I'm putting it out there. I guarantee you at some point Chris Paul and Draymond will have beef. I don't think that's a, a good fit. I think it's combustible. I think if you're picking the Warriors over the Lakers, like you didn't watch last season, and I don't know what to tell you. But that, that makes and also. Sense also, great point, Arash, because we're, we're not taking into consideration Clay Thompson. He looked great all year, and he was abysmal in the Lakers series. I mean, he was like 5 out of 17 from 3 in one game. I mean, it was like, it was ridiculous how bad he played. Um, and that kind of shows, like, what he's been in a few series over the past few years. That can't happen w- now with this team that's substantially weaker in talent, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, before we close out, Brandon, we have to get into this. I saw your tweets, and I was watching the game. I was very frustrated. Listen, I, there was no doubt USC was going to be San Jose State in the first game of the season. That was not a question. The question was whether they were going to, A, cover the spread, 30 points. They did not. They came close. They won by 28. The big question that we had was defense. And it, it, to be honest, at this point, I'm not questioning the talent on the defense. It's about the coaching. And, and at the end of the day, I'm still concerned that defense and the defensive scheme and the defensive coaching and, and, and where coaches put the d- defensive players will prevent USC from winning a the national championship and perhaps even getting to the college football playoffs against San Jose State. Uh, not only do they give up 28 points, but that was a 21-14 game at the beginning of the, of the third quarter. Brandon, we, we talked about this. Um, Alex Grinch still having a job as a defensive coordinator following the uh, the final two games of the season for USC, giving up over 500 yards uh, to Utah and over 500 yards to Tulane. Uh, I don't get it, and I didn't see anything on Saturday that would lead me to believe things will change. Yeah, I agree to Rosh. I think the first thing we have to note is San Jose is actually a pretty good team. They have the best quarterback in that conference. I'm not saying they're good enough to beat USC, but I mean, USC almost covered the spread of 30. I mean, it was relatively close. Um, So I I think it was as expected with their offense, how dominant it was. Zakaria Branch being, you know, he's now a star in college football. We'll see how that progresses. But I'm with you. It's going to be tough. I do think they'll make the CFP just because their offense is so good and I don't see any team beating them offensively. I mean, all they need is one to two stops a game and they win. But I do think in the college football playoff, they will lose if they don't improve this defense because go up against a team like Georgia, who's going to get stops on Caleb Williams, you know, who's going to, 
I know they lost their quarterback, but that's a defensive team. It's going to be tough to beat teams like that, Arash. And I think they'll run into trouble with that with Washington, a team that can match their offense um, in Utah defensively. The one guy that I want you to touch on, Brandon, who I'm very excited about, and I knew the name. Uh, he's from Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman, Zachariah Branch. And even Matt Leiner said he reminds me of Reggie Bush. He said he is Reggie Bush 2.0. I mean, what an amazing debut. And to be honest, if he's playing like that, I think you're right. And the joke you made last year, which wasn't really a joke, was they're going to win every game by, you know, 52 to 35, 52 to 42. They're going to score more points, but Zachariah Branch, how special can he be? Yeah, Zachariah Branch was excellent. Those punt returns, I mean, man, that was that was electric. And then obviously the touchdown reception. He was a five-star recruit from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. His brother's on the team, his older brother. Um, I think he's going to be right away a, a Heisman candidate if he can return punts like that, um, you know, as a freshman at a power program. So, I mean, good for him. They needed another weapon. And I like how they're using like four different running backs, six different receivers. I saw the RPO. I don't know why he was running the RPO with Caleb Williams, similar to the Jalen Hurts situation yesterday on one play because Caleb can pass so well. But I like that Lincoln's trying new things. I really do. Yeah. I mean, and again, it, it was great seeing Caleb can pick up where he left off. I mean, he had this one play where the, where the ball's on the ground. You know, he fumbled the snap. He picks it up. It basically looked like he was throwing the ball away. He threw it for a touchdown. Just, you know, the most exciting player in college football. And as Brandon mentioned a year ago, we'll probably go down as the best USC quarterback of all time. And again, the difference here is will he add a national championship? Because that's, that, that, that's the big thing right now, separating him from some of the other um, names on that list. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk to the man behind Circa, Derek Stevens himself, the owner. We spent the weekend at Circa, had an amazing time there. So we'll catch up with Derek Stevens when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. But as I mentioned, we are here at Circa. Every all the major radio stations are here, and uh, this feels like a Super Bowl radio row. We're here with Derek Stevens, the man who put it all together. Derek, how does this feel? Like everyone's descended upon Circa this week. 
Well, I'll tell you, this has been a lot of fun. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you're right. We tried to, we tried to do, uh, do something, get ready for a Super Bowl coming to Vegas. So we tried to create a, a radio row. And so, yeah, we got 31, uh, 31 uh, stations here uh, uh, broadcasting yesterday and today. And, you know, everybody's here for the Ultimate Contest weekend. So we're, we're, uh, we're pretty excited about it. The growth of this contest is really amazing. And I, and I love stories where you kind of talk about someone's growth. In the first year that you guys do this, it was one and a half. One million. One million. Yep, one million. And you felt the need to kind of do that to kind of show that, you know, that we're here. If I would have told you that you fast forward a few years down the line, fourteen million dollars guaranteed, and you take me through that process. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy to me. We thought, you know, um, starting up our sports brand, Circus Sport, because we were newer, you know, upstart company, we felt that we needed to put a guarantee out and. We did it with a million, and we thought, well, we might not fill, but if we don't, it's a good marketing thing to help kind of get our brand a little bit uh, more known. And then, you know, it filled, and the next year we bumped it to a million and a half, then went to three million. And, you know, each year, each year for the first three years, you know, we, uh, we went over, and uh, um, it was terrific. And, um, you know, I, I would say that we always thought we were going to be able to grow, but we didn't. We had, you, you, you never, you never had a thought that we could be. Put a fourteen million dollar guarantee out in yeah, this year five. How did you make it through sort of like the pandemic season where the games happened, but obviously a lot of people weren't coming in. Uh, but again, it continued to grow like even during that time. How did you kind of power through that and get it to where it's here now? Well, I mean, I think a couple things, couple of things uh, happened. Unfortunately, uh, there was um, there's a couple sports that kind of jumped in. I mean, whoever thought. Uh, the world was going to be watching that KBO, the area of baseball, that, and then, and then effectively, you know, really, I, I think, uh, you know, in, in, in history, you got to look back um, very positively on what Dana White did, powering on through, um, creating Fight Island, and, and, and really utilizing an opportunity where he, uh, he, he took, <coughs> excuse me, he took UFC to a whole other level. Yeah. Um, UFC popularity, and uh, you know, now that the pandemic's over, I mean, it's just it's just not further, 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 further. It's really amazing how popular UFC, UFC is right now. Only a traditional sport today. You've really supported, and I've seen you front row at Slam Ball, uh, slap uh, the fight. You know. Uh, we see you everywhere. It's not that, I mean, I think people love being there. And by the way, not only just that, but we have to get into this. Literally on the glass at Stanley Cup. I mean, you almost felt like you were a part of the game. Yeah, we, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a pretty good, pretty good game here being part of it. You know, yeah, we got some great tickets for Stanley Cup. And, you know, with us doing the circus sports, doing the Jersey Cats for the Golden Knights, it kind of worked out pretty well, you know, and then we in the Stanley Cup, and then, and then, you know, locally in Las Vegas, we got a couple of things, because I think was, uh, you know, Dana White uh, said, hey, uh, let's do something in Power Slap, we looked into it, and, and uh, you know, we want to support him, and, and, and then, and then we became the, the home for Power Slap, so we housed all the, all the, uh, all the slappers, and, stuff, and they've been great, and that's yeah, just sure, terrific, um, and they're great for betting, too, you yeah. know, and then, uh, and then you know, we had a lot of fun with uh, with uh, this deal with uh, Slam Ball. Very, very, uh, very, uh, very exciting. Very athletic. You know, yeah. it's something that I really didn't know that much about. You know, when this was around twenty years ago, and I went on a twenty-year respite, but it came yeah. back with bigger. And uh, I'll tell you what, the crowd at uh, Cockpit Pavilion—they they love Slam Ball. And I, 
ended up on a championship game. I think it's like 45 people. It was awesome. People don't know, so this is where the significance of the jersey patch. There's a, a jersey patch when you for the home team, and then there's a jersey, there's not a jersey patch on the road. So who did you want the, the Vegas Golden Knights to win? You really wanted them to win it because this iconic moment, forever and forever, will have Circa there. I mean, how important was that? Like, we want them to win, but we really want them to win in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, we really weren't, weren't hiding on it. You know, I, I got asked that question quite a bit, you know, in game one, game two. Like, hey, don't you really want to win? I'm like, yes, of course we do. Uh, the most important thing, though, is that the Golden Knights win. I mean that that's the most important thing, but but yes, obviously uh, winning at home and and having uh, you know Captain Mark Stone lift the cup, you know wearing the jersey with our with our uh, our patch on, yeah, I mean that that was something obviously from a marketing perspective we were hoping for. Um, you know, I just got a, I got a text from a couple of couple of people that uh, that jersey is now uh, in, in the hockey hall of fame at in Toronto and on our jersey patch. That, that's that's pretty crazy. awesome. Um, let's talk about the contest, because I think the, the, the headline is the number, and it usually is. But uh, 14 million in guaranteed prices, there is no rake, so if the entries go above the guarantee, all the extra money will go to the price. Well, I mean, that's sort of the big thing, is the frequency, um, right? Like, obviously, um, when does the sweat begin? I was, I was <laughs> talking to my colleague, uh, obviously, you know, people kind of slow play this, but they, they have until uh, September. Um, to to do this, and let me uh, give the the exact date is September 9th at two p.m. So when does the kind of sweat? Oh, uh, the sweat's real. The sweat's now. I mean, the sweat's now. We're getting used to this. I mean, the month of August is is, is, is the month of the sweat. The first ten days, the first nine days of September this year are going to be a sweat. So, I mean, as of right now, you know, the overlay is. 3.4 million in, in uh, Circuit Million, yeah. 3.5 million in, uh, in Circuit Survivor. I think the way we're pacing, I think, um, you know, last year we guaranteed 6 million in Circuit Survivor, we went over, we bumped it to 8 million. And I think the way we're pacing right now, I think um, Circuit Survivor um, will, once again, set the record as the largest football contest in history. And I think it's going to go over the 8 million. I think circa millions, you know, where you pick five games and it's a spread each week. I would say it's uh, it's it's different talk whether we're going to get six million. So I think there's there's a lot of value there for the, for the players. Yeah. So the, the important thing here to remember, folks, is you have to register in person. But by the way, like, why wouldn't you want to come to the circus or the sports book? Uh, but the key here, and I think the important thing to talk about, and I mentioned, and I talked to some of the proxies at the event last night. Don't come to Vegas. You have to be in person to register. But you can a partner or a hire a proxy service to make the best for you. What's that connection? Because it seems like um, there's some people who don't know that. They, they, they think they have to come to Vegas every week or something like that. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the key thing. You know, under under uh, the Nevada regulations, um, you have to register in the state of Nevada um, at one of our one of our locations. So we've got locations in northern Nevada. We've got multiple here in Las Vegas. You register here and then... And then um, um, you're allowed to play from anywhere, um, and not, not just anywhere in the country. You can play from anywhere in the world. I mean, I think one of uh, one of the big winners that you're going to have for those from buy, and uh, and um, they're able to put your picks in through the proxy. The proxy will put you in your selections. When you first began this, what sort of the uh, dream that you had? Because now, not only do people want to know sort of 
the, uh, the uh, total, but these commercials have become iconic as well. <laughs> so, I mean, how, I mean, how did this grow from inception to where it is now? Well, I mean, you know, when, when you start with nothing, uh, you, you kind of have a clean slate, right? You yeah. figured, okay, we'll guarantee a billion dollars. Let's see what happens. And it just kept growing and growing. And then, uh, you know, Mike Palm and myself have had a lot of fun coming up with some of these commercials over the years. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess time goes by. I got to take a look at all of them each year. But we've had a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, and yeah, it's always fun seeing them for us, you know, in, in July. This big sheet that you have in front of you that, that folks can get when they come here to a Circa or the D, uh, this really kind of allows people to kind of see like you know what's going to take so as you look at this sheet and i know we're on here so maybe people can't see we'll take a picture of this and tweet it out what is this in front of us now so this is the 2023 schedule so this is the circus boards um you know these in 2023 schedule by week and by theme okay. so what it really does if you're a survivor player it really helps <clears throat> helps guide you know i mean survivor week one you know, let's just say you take commanders. Yeah. Well, you could cross them off the rest of the way, and then it just it helps visualize what you what you have to do. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of like looking at a map. You know, you're driving yeah. from L.A. Somehow you have to get to you got to get to Boston. There's a lot of ways to get there. Yeah. But but you know, sometimes you need to have an overview, and this is the overview of the entire season, and it just helps you helps you visualize what you have to do if you're going to be a, a circus survivor. And how great is it to kind of meet so many, so many of the people? Did you guys meet them last night? You meet them tonight? You meet them during the course uh, going into the week? And it just seems there's a community now. I mean, there's, 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 there's a few people that I met who've done it two, three, four years now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough. I got to have dinner last night at the Champions Dinner. And, uh, Mike Baum, Jeff Benson, myself uh, sat with uh, with uh, um, all, all the Blue Jacket uh, holders, and we invited people that were the top five of the millions. We invited yeah. anyone that won Survivor, and uh, it was great to see their stories. It was great to great to see, you know, what they did with their with their earnings yeah. uh, um, from buying houses and <laughs> abandoned dunes in Oregon to uh, buying uh, buying a, a, um, a, a beach house in Spain to uh, to um, putting a handful of people through a handful of. Uh, uh, kids and grandkids through college, uh, some paying off mortgages, really, really cool stuff. And, and it's just great great for, for me and for our team to meet so many so many people that are obviously very, very smart uh, and, and a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. Uh, what this, these uh, few months are going to be for last week, you talked about it being like the center of the sports world. The have one race in November. And fast forward to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's still surreal to me that the Super Bowl is going to be here. Yeah. They, they, they said where, you know, the press will be and the media will and all that. I mean, the fact that these two iconic events will be. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you're talking about the big, big time, uh, big time uh, international events. I mean, yeah. obviously, with the uh, Bowl in February, with uh, F1 in middle of November. Um, and then I would say one thing you got to remember, and it hasn't really been publicized enough. Um, the road teams this year playing the Raiders mm -hmm. are special. Yes. And what I mean by that is, let's start off with like the third, the week three. Yeah. I think I think half of Pittsburgh is going to be in Las Vegas yeah. with the Steelers, and then you're going to follow up with you got a back back to back weeks of, of the Giants and the Jets coming. In. You got New York coming. Yeah. And then think about traveling teams with fan bases that are that are passionate. We got we got the Minnesota Vikings and we got the Green Bay Packers coming. I mean, this schedule of road, I mean, this 
this dramatically impacts the economy of Las Vegas. It's, oh, yeah. it's really amazing. You like watching games on the TV while you were in the field. And it was like an interesting concept. But there's not a sports fan, I think, in the country because of these kind of events and whatnot that don't want to come. And I think that's important. We want some fans to make that pilgrimage to Circa because they've seen it from television. That's your vision. When the hotel was being built, the hope was maybe to get Super Bowl and stuff like that. But it was really the destination. If you want, like, even if you're staying on the strip, like, like I gotta get in an Uber or Lyft and I gotta go to Circa. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, every every uh, every resort, every hotel, casino, really has its own niche, and um, you know, I don't think there's any right answer. Um, I think what what Boy Gaming does at California Main Street, really targeting um, Hawaiian customers, they do such a great job. I think when you look at um, MGM properties, they do a great job for East Coast and and, and West. Like we're, we're obviously a bit more Midwest here, um, but we're really. The key thing is we're 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 orientated around people that are sports fans. Yeah. We wanted to we thought that you know building the world's biggest sports club and then creating stadium swim. Um, if you're a sports fan, um, you're going to want to come. You're going to want to come and visit here. And that that's really one of the things I love about Las Vegas. You know, some people may have may have a home hotel, but there's so many other things to do. You may want to have a dinner at one of the Caesars properties. You may want to have a dinner at at at, at, at Winter Encore. You may want to see a show somewhere else. So that's the great thing about Vegas. So I think what we brought to the table is just something a little bit new, a little, little different. I, I've always been a believer that sports is uh, was uh, maybe underrepresented here, and, um, and I think there's a lot of people that are big sports fans. So I think we try to create that, that mecca. We're on the air, by the way, in Hawaii. You guys have done a good job. I was at uh, one of the restaurants, and they're getting local, local. So if you're a Hawaiian, yes, you can go to the Cal, uh, but come to Circa as well. Last couple of questions for you. How excited are you? Uh, I think it's quite surprised a lot of people last week. But I think it shared up by the very happy in Los Angeles. Um, what, what's your feeling this upcoming Well, I mean, you know, as, as the Lions fan, remember, they've only won one playoff game in my <laughs> lifetime. So the key the key word for the Lions fan is hope. Exactly. Right, hope. And, and I would say this year, um, there's more hope than ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think the Lions. Everybody, there was a little bit of a darling going into the going into the season last year, and then they really kind of flopped the first you know yeah. first couple of months. The boy, they came out towards the end of uh, towards the end of the season. And I think that momentum's really carrying through right now. Uh, you know, I think the trade of uh, effectively what is Stafford yeah. and Goff. You know, it worked out for the Rams. You get, the Detroit fans became Rams fans because we love we love Matthew Stafford, we love Kelly Stafford that much, and you know, their family. So we were real happy about that. I think this is a trade that you're going to be able to say really made sense for, for both teams. Now, obviously, the Rams are down a little bit, but, man, you won the Super Bowl. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, Derek, I cannot thank you enough. I mean, this, this, this really gave you a nice little preview for Super Bowl, Row, and uh, and all the fun that we're having. We can't thank you enough. Thank you so much, my friend. Good to see you. All right, Rod. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That is Derek Stevens. Uh, really doing an amazing job here at Circuit. I mean, if you're a sports fan in Las Vegas, uh, you really do want to come here and you want to, you know, go to the stadium swim. You want to go to the sports book. Again, the world's largest indoor sports book, outdoor stadium swim. You can't really beat it. Um, and again, they, they, Vegas has really turned into the hub of sports. When you got Formula One coming up, you've got Super Bowl uh, coming up as well. And as Derek mentioned, the number of big games that the Las Vegas Raiders will play 
it'll really feel like a Super Bowl almost every week. Uh, just, you know, when you talk about the big Jets game with Aaron Rodgers that come in, you, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, you've got the Giants. I mean, so it's really uh, New England Patriots will be here as well. So really a who's who. So uh, just really thank Derek Stevens for having us uh, here. And uh, listen, this is this is a fun time to be a, a football fan as we say goodbye to the preseason and hello to the regular season. All right, that was Circus CEO Derek Stevens. I mean, just had an amazing time there. I mean, GK, we went there back uh, a couple of years ago. Stadium Swim, great place to watch football. World's largest sports book as well. Uh, Stadium Swim was really um, happening. First college football weekend of the season. Uh, but GK, I, I know you love Vegas a lot. When uh, when will you be heading back to Las Vegas and Circa in particular? So week one of the NFL season, I will be there, uh, but not during, unfortunately, the actual um, week one. <laughs> so I will okay. be there the um, during the week of week one. I just won't okay. be there that weekend, but I will be uh, going um, for like Thursday night football. Um, I'll be there for um, uh, and for all like the pre um, games and stuff like that. So I can place my bets in early at Circa. So uh -huh. I'm looking forward to that and even going to um, possibly going maybe Thursday Night Football over there, um, which I'm sure is going to be a great time. I love it. Brandon, I miss Grant. I guess he was out in Las Vegas as well. Uh -huh. but didn't get a chance to see him. Have you been to Circa? I, I know we've, we've been to Vegas together a couple of years ago for Summer League, but I mean, have you been? I have not. I really want to go, though. Next time I go to Vegas, I'm going to Circa. I really got to go soon so I can place those uh, those Niners soup <laughs> those Niners losing the NFC Championship uh, bets. Wait, and we <laughs> totally buried the lead because we really talked about it a ton on Friday. Okay, because my my team was involved here, and I don't really understand why they were because they don't have a need for a quarterback. Uh, Brandon, with the last two minutes, and I, Trey Lance goes to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round draft pick. And we talked about it Friday. You didn't think that they would move him. I didn't think that they would move him. I certainly didn't think the Cowboys who had three good, you know, they have Dak, they had an established backup and a really good third stringer. Uh, what, what, what do you make of Trey Lance being traded for the Cowboys for a fourth round draft pick? Quickly, I don't get it from either side. The Cowboys have their quarterback. They're paying Dak a ton of money over the next three years. Trey Lance's uh, rookie contract ends in two years. So uh, I'm assuming he's not going to start unless Dak gets hurt. And then what do you do with him? You cut him. He's out of the league. So I don't know there. And for San Francisco, they gave up so much to get him. I would have just kept him with the QB depth they have. If Brock Purdy gets hurt, they're absolutely screwed. Like Dan, Sam Darnold's fine, but he's not going to turn into the second coming of Jesus like Brock Purdy in a playoff series, a playoff game, you know? So I would have kept Trey Lance as a backup. I still think he has some upside and talent. Our money buckets. That was kind of an interesting moment. I mean, like as a Cowboys fan, like I didn't know what to think because I'm like, did they, they really truly like, if you've been watching them in the preseason, they did not need a quarterback. They don't need a quarterback, but also, you know, I don't <laughs> think Dak is ever going to get them over the hump. I think that, We've seen what Dak is, so maybe if it doesn't work this year with Dak, I, I, I get that they're tied up to the money, but maybe somehow Trey gets an opportunity at some point. And yeah, I'm, I'm still with Brandon with Trey Lance. I don't think he got a fair shot in San Francisco, and I hope that eventually he does get a chance to start and get some experience. DJ, real quick, 10 seconds <laughs> I'm all for you um, for you know the Cowboys losing, so I, I think it's a great pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, listen, I mean they, they 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 get a guy who was just 
two years ago, the third overall draft pick, someone that the 49ers traded three first-round picks for. So we'll see how it pans out. But a very surprising pick, but definitely one that I thought we had to talk about. All right, guys. Amazing time. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.